welcome to another episode of Assurance in Action, the podcast of your total quality assurance provider, Intertech. Today, I am joined by Gene Morrison. Gene Morrison is Intertech Business Assurance Group's Program Manager for Aviation, Space, and Defense. Uh, our topic today will cover an overview of AS9100, the uh, Aviation, Space, and Defense Quality Management System. Uh, Gene, how are you doing today? I'm just fine, Seth. I'm really pleased to be here with you today. Great. So, uh, Gene, what is your background in quality management and aerospace? Okay, thanks for asking. Um, I guess my my background is 25, 30 years plus, um, and I've had the fortune to work in the defense industry, both conventional and nuclear weapons. I have 18 years experience uh, in those industries. I um, I'm very familiar with the Department of Defense requirements and that industry. And then after that, I went into the aviation and space industry. Um, So after the 18 years, I went into working for uh, tier one and tier two suppliers to the aviation industry. McDonnell Douglas back in the old days, uh, Boeing certainly, uh, Airbus, et cetera. And then in the space systems uh, industry, I've had the pleasure of working for companies uh, that were tier one suppliers to Northrop Grumman, uh, Boeing, Lockheed Martin, et cetera. Uh, My entire career has been on the quality side of the house, quality and operations side of the house, Um, certainly with um, dealing directly with engineering and design as well as manufacture, assembly, and test. In 1995, I left industry as a full-time employee for, you know, either the major OEMs or the tier one, tier two suppliers, and I joined the third-party certification company. So I've been since 1995 in the management of third-party assessment and certification. I joined Intertech in 2012 and have been with uh, Intertech since then. Um, certainly very pleased to be with a company that really uh, takes the aviation space and defense certification business uh, to the next level. Um, I've had complete freedom and um, uh, to manage the program, to meet the needs of our customers and clients, as well as to meet the, ne- meet the requirements of the scheme. In your experience, how has the aerospace industry handled the stringent and high-stakes requirements uh, of product quality in the past? Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, uh, We've got three separate um, industries, aviation, space, and defense. And certainly because of the catastrophic consequences for each of those three industries, uh, these requirements concerning quality are uh, mean a lot different than they do to the commercial industry and other industries as well. Um, All three of the industries, aviation, space, and defense, have always um, been focused on quality management. Back in the day, it was quality control versus quality assurance. Um, The companies, uh, OEMs, that have responsibility for design, they've always um, had a a very high standard for quality assurance. product safety, and the other things that are really needed um, in the aviation space and defense have always been routine and something addressed uh, within those industries. 
Um, however, they have gone through uh, a change over the years from inspection, inspecting something into the product as opposed to designing and engineering the product to meet requirements as well as to make sure that uh, there aren't any issues in the products and services. The industry commonplace for quality management is uh, the AS9100 standard. Now, uh, with the revisions in the past few years, um, how has that changed the industry and uh, what has the standard done to the industry? AS9100, um, as you say and, and uh, identify, it is the most popular standard. So that's a requirement standard for um, the aviation space and defense industry. So it addresses all three. Um, it's a proactive standard. In other words, um, it's a standard that provides a firm foundation uh, for an organization to manage the risks associated with their business, uh, as well as certainly quality um, and operations. Um, 9100, most of the certifications today are with 9100. It doesn't matter whether it's a design organization or a uh, manufacturing or service provider. Any and all company within the aviation space and defense industry can become certified to AS9100. Um, over the years, it's changed from similar to ISO. It's changed from uh, let's inspect quality in and let's make sure that, you know, we've got a firm uh, quality management system that meets our business needs to a proactive approach where um, the industry, the whole goal for the industry is that um, we improve the quality of the supply chain at every level. So from the OEM to the very uh, furthest tier of manufacturer or service provider, um, the goal is to improve the supply chain at every level. Um, I believe AS9100 has done that over the years. I think the current version, AS9100 Revision D, has done a great job at um, not only meeting the needs of the industry that it serves, but also the needs of the organizations that get certified to AS9100. Um, they've tried to make it um, as flexible as possible and general in some areas so that a mom and pop shop can be certified to AS9100 and the most complex um, engine manufacturer uh, aircraft manufacturer, or even system and subsystem uh, design and manufacturer company. So that's what they've done with 9100 Day. It's very flexible. Uh, it's process-based, uh, and it allows companies, large, small, or otherwise, to meet the requirements of the standard in a way that meets their business needs. Great. So in your opinion, uh, what would be the benefits of the new standard versus the old? I know that you uh, touched on a lot of really good um, instances of benefits here, but what does revision D bring to the table that nothing else does? Excellent question. So one of the biggest things, in my opinion, are the uh, risk-based thinking. So, And that's uh, risk-based thinking as it applies to the overall quality management system. So not necessarily to 
because the standard, um, even the last few revisions, have has a risk assessment for the products. Um, so we've had a, a good handle on managing the risks for as they apply to the products that we make. But in RevD, they took it to a new level, and they've required risk-based thinking by the organization from cradle to grave. So everything that the organization does, regardless of where they're at in the supply chain, um, the requirement for RevD is that they manage those business risks and that they identify those business risks. So the big opportunity and benefit to a company getting certified to AS9100D is that they will identify risks that are meaningful to their business. They will have a system in place to mitigate those risks when they um, identify them. And those are requirements of the AS9100 standard. In addition to managing the risks, um, they also, it's very per performance related. So for in other words, um, it requires any business, no matter what you do or where you're at in the supply chain, to establish management system processes where you can um, be able to tell, have we achieved our planned results? So key performance indicators and metrics that a business um, needs to tell, are we meeting planned requirements? Are we efficiently meeting planned requirements? Are we effectively meeting planned requirements? So it requires a business to identify meaningful key performance indicators that will give them an indication of, yes, we're meeting the requirements, but we're meeting, meeting those requirements in a way that is meaningful to our business and allows for continual improvement of both the quality management system and our business processes established within that quality management system. In the RevD version, the very latest version, a couple of those uh, that are very meaningful to the aviation space and defense industry is counterfeit parts. Um, obviously, counterfeit parts, uh, which may include uh, part obsolescence, uh, is very important to the industry. Um, due to the catastrophic consequences within our three industries, uh, you can imagine you know, what the uh, uh, impact might be if someone brought in uh, parts and, and presented them in a, in a way or for something that they were not, and they didn't meet uh, requirements. So counterfeit parts is a big um, addition to the revision date. And again, based on your business, whether you're a uh, mom and pop shop versus a complex manufacturer, whether you do design or circuit board uh, design and manufacture and assembly, um, every organization certified to RevDay and that has transitioned from the previous version to this version has had to analyze and identify how counterfeit parts and the risk of counterfeit parts to them and their organization. The, the obvious big benefit to the industry is that if everybody at every level of the supply chain is looking for and identifying counterfeit parts or part or use of parts obsolescence, then that's going to reduce the risk uh, to the industry as a whole. Another addition was product safety. 
Now, product, and again, these requirements are for every level of the supply chain. The OEMs, the ones that do the design and manufacture for aviation, space, and defense, they've always designed product safety in, and product safety's been a concern to them at the OEM level. But every other level of the supply chain, with the exception of possibly uh, maintenance, repair, and overhaul organizations, has not been focused on product safety. So the revision D then has brought that in as a focus. So like counterfeit parts, every single organization, no matter what they do, um, has to identify and focus on product safety. And product safety to the industry means the possible harm to persons or property. So if a person makes a machine's metal parts, for example, um, that uh, supplier is required to say, okay, I make this metal part. I make this wedget, widget for the industry. How could this metal part that I make, how could that damage harm or persons? Well, as a minimum, they need to reach out to their customer and say, well, where is this part used? Get a feeling for, okay, it's used on the engine. Well, certainly having a metal part used on the engine or the landing gear, for example, and other critical areas of the aircraft uh, certainly could have a, a higher risk of product safety than another uh, part manufactured, uh, maybe for a less complex or critical application. Um, so again, every supplier at all levers, levels has to identify what does product safety mean to me for the product or service I provide and how could that impact my customer and the industry as a whole. Um, and again, as it relates to product safety. Um, another big thing I think that we should identify is um, as the industry between Airbus and Boeing currently, they've got about a $1.5 trillion backlog of aircraft. Um, as they work to bring on new suppliers, and as you can imagine with that kind of backlog, the current supplier base can absolutely not make uh, enough parts to complete these aircraft. So counterfeit parts, product safety, as we add new suppliers into the industry is uh, of uh, paramount importance that all of the businesses are concerned uh, with those kinds of uh, issues and that they're routine when they uh, formulate their quality management system. Uh, with yeah, that, that amount of backlog and that amount of uh, new businesses uh, being integrated into all these supply chains, I'm sure that there's a major major overhaul as to uh, how how everyone's keeping up with their operations. Certainly, one of the things that D brings to the table is a focus um, on employees and a focus on uh, all the stakeholders within the business. Uh, for example, the standard requires that each business identify their interested parties. Um, obviously, a few key ones that I think everyone should address are employees, customers, suppliers, uh, possibly stakeholders if you're a public company. Um, but every business, no matter what level you are throughout the uh, supply chain, has to identify the interested parties relating to uh, that industry. Another thing, because of risk-based thinking, 
uh, every organization for the interested parties that they identify also need to address the risks and opportunities associated with those interested party. What that helps the industry do is to identify and mitigate uh, the intrinsic risk associated uh, with the organization and with the operations that that organization uh, completes for the industry. Um, in addition, uh, because of the performance requirements, um, it allows the organization to continually improve over time because they're identifying the risk and opportunities, they're addressing those uh, risks and opportunities, and they're improving not only the products and services that they provide, but they're improving their quality management systems associated uh, with those products and services. Great. I do have a handful more questions, but I think uh, we should push it to a second episode here. Uh, thanks for your time, Gene. And uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Assurance in Action. Uh, as always, we ask you to please rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, and please look in the description for any uh, additional information on our topic today. Uh, I'll put a handful of links in there. Please also follow Intertech Business Assurance on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, the, uh, we really appreciate the, uh, the subscription there.